This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's episode is sponsored by The Notionaries. Head over to thenotionaries.com and check out their latest singles, Bandit and Excited Eyes. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hey, you numb nuts! Welcome to the BC Pod Live from Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Andy Gill, and I have the honor of doing the intro yes, tonight. Yes, you do. It's an honor. Uh, you guys are in, in for a treat tonight. We have a great show planned. Matt and Toby will actually be playing some tunes, and we promise Joey will not be singing. He's only going to be speaking tonight in that microphone. He actually will be singing. <laughs> we will be taking audience questions, so make sure you uh, be prepared if you aren't already. Uh, ask some questions. If you think something's messed up, that the guys have said on the podcast before. Uh, definitely call them out on that. Um, our guest tonight is Jack Hoy Jr. Uh, we call him Jack Hoy the Lesser um, just because his dad is awesome and he's a junior. So uh, He's a theology expert and minister and uh, he's amazing. So get, get ready for that. Um, and always, uh, we will be doing News with Toby. Yeah! Alright, now take Hell a minute. Yeah. Take a minute and greet one another. Fill out your visitor card. <laughs> drop your offering in the basket yes. out. And if you have your kids, definitely drop them off at the kids' ministry. There's an epic, epic kids' ministry going on right He's now. He's really trampling right now, guys. Yes. Right now. And that and saying now the bad Christian podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this is the bad Christian podcast. Woo. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Three, two, two one, one. Yes. It's a bad Christian podcast. Hell yeah. Great. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. You guys know it. It's Matt, Toby, and Joey here. So thank you guys for joining us. We we this is the end of our little run of doing live shows, and it really has been incredible. It's been incredible uh, is a word. I, incred- I didn't say good. I said incredible <laughs> as in not believable. Yeah. You know, th- you know, hard to describe. Living so that's nightmare. What I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it being good, but it's been no. it's been fun. It's been interesting. And uh, the main reason is because we get to meet people. We've gotten to see people, and we haven't done a lot of these, but we have a tons of listeners and we've only met a slight fraction of them so for this live audience right here thank you for being among that sample population that we have met i view you guys as uh numbers info and data a sample population that's what i see what's cool about this crowd is i mean it really is 
neat because uh, two of our wives are here. We've got some friends from our old school Winthrop University, guys that we went to college with. Uh, we probably have the guy here that we've talked about the most on the podcast. When you say Andy Gill's on top of the list just because we work with him and everything, yeah. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing that he, of all people, is the one that we've talked about the most. I mean, just a lot of cool. Got someone that helped us write the M word. I mean, just it's really cool. I Does mean, it make you guys more nervous being in the hometown kind of thing? Because, hey, this ain't my hometown, so I'm, I'm cool as a cucumber, but y'all are a little tense because you got friends and family in the room, in the, in the, in the auditorium here. <laughs> yeah, in the auditorium tonight. Well, I mean, we know some people here, a lot of you I don't know or just met or whatever. So, But being in a band for so long, it is always worse probably playing in your, in your hometown because – uh, and, and we kind of have several too, as Emory. Like we are, we kind of consider our hometown Seattle. We kind of consider our hometown Greenville. Yeah. Now also Charleston. Um, so it's just, uh, it's all. There's always, just always so much more. Like uh, before this podcast started, I was Matt said I, said I just saw my wife sitting uncomfortably here, and I just cannot handle it. I just I, there's something about me, and Matt will attest to this. I don't have many good skills. I'm not really, you know strong or smart or have a good work ethic all these things that you would think a good person would. I'm those not, are the things I'm you think kind. i will affirm about you right. <laughs> no, you know yeah. what i'm gonna back you up on that right <laughs> thank now. you sir <laughs> thank you um but there is something to be said like i always no matter what wherever we're at like when we when you know when our band stays at hotels and uh, there's only two beds and you know somebody has to sleep on the floor i just can't stand somebody not having like a comfortable bed like last night i made i made your bed up in the bus in the van <laughs> and didn't i before you weren't there and I, I just worked for like five minutes ten minutes just getting joey's bed for him when he came back to the van ready and so when i saw my wife sitting there i was like I, there's that will be the only thing i can focus on while i'm up here so you know out, out of context that story just sounded to everyone like we totally had a romance going over yeah. the weekend it's like he made him a bed in the van yeah. was, it, was there a rose on it too yeah it was it was pretty awesome well the one Broke thing that I, the, what i noticed about that and and for being around toby and i'm much the same way uh if you if one of your main uh skills like toby and i's are is manipulation of others yes. to get things that you want i am very good um, at that. there's only two kind of manipulators are the people that are just strong uh bullheaded like uh bulldozers that I- impose their will on other people and they don't care what anybody thinks about them and to get their way is the only thing that matters yeah and then the other type is the the category we fall into which is the easiest way to get the things that you want is to to spend all of the things you want as how it's good for you or looking out for other people. So actually, I mean, I'm being serious when I say that, but I think you have a fine-tuned skill of looking out for what could be improved about these other other people's situation because that's one of the strongest, uh, simplest ways to get people on your side and get them to understand you and respect you and listen to you. So if you you want somebody to go along with you to go ride to the liquor store, then you tell them, hey, you know, this is what you're going to get out of. We can go hang out and talk for five minutes i'd love to talk to you yeah i mean whatever it is yeah and it i mean it is remarkable honestly because on the outside definitely asshole right just totally but like completely when people get to know like you and i i mean i'll never forget i don't know what was going on in my mind because it had to do with another girl obviously my wife's here now i mean i just don't know what was in my head she was total like slut or i don't know but anyway what you so there's a girl that I liked uh, at college, and uh, like a really brave guy, I actually put a note into her little, uh, into the postcard at, at Winthrop, and you knew about the whole situation. We walked away from that mailbox, and you're like, 
oh god man i don't know what 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 did we just do man <laughs> and i looked at you i was like dude i just dropped that letter it's from me you don't have to worry about it and then the time when i backed into another car i mean you were freaking out i mean it's like you take on other people's pain i don't like it when yeah when other people are uncomfortable where like i promise you everybody here tonight where there's a concrete floor it's a little bit chilly i would have loved to like sit each of you and position you in the most con- i think i can read the faces and just have you sit in the perfect spot for the most highs enjoyment and that goes back to your and, point. And they swear they're fine. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because you put them on the spot. Matt, Matt, Matt tried to be my friend. He was like, hey, listen, don't make a deal of Jess's seat. Just let it go. She's not going to want to move if you make a deal of it. And he, that's he's right. exactly right. Jess didn't probably want to move. Just the same way as Josh she, or people in our band. She would been glad to have a better seat. She didn't right. want it to be uh, – in. Fo- she didn't want everybody to look at her and then have But her I couldn't think of anything else of the all, I mean, when she moved her seat. This isn't even a good conversation. We're talking about where people are sitting at the podcast, so that's probably not why you came here. Hey, I want, I, I'm really curious, though. Um, Matt, this really blew my mind. and They'll tell you why, we, why I didn't have a whole lot of conversing with them here in a second, but one of the only conversations I had with these guys over the past three or four nights, Matt told me, by far, McDonald's has the best-tasting Coca-Cola. And I was just like, well, they all get the same Coca-Cola. They all get the same box that hooks up. And it's like, what are you talking about? And then in the course of the conversation, he said, and have you ever slid your card at McDonald's and it doesn't work like a charm? He's just like, there's something about McDonald's. They have perfect card readers. And then he starts going in this philosophy of how McDonald's, they just have access to everything. They started researching it. And you are totally right as, as far as your stance on their Coke being the best, being legitimized because of how they prepare. And it just blew my mind. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, you always you always disagree too, and I'm always like Matt starts saying something. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna look this up. I think he might he might be onto something. <laughs> and then we start talking about it, and then I mean, I promise you, it's unbelievable. Like this podcast is the only difference in our real life is that there's a microphone here. I mean, the conversations we have are just. I mean, I I got exhausted the first day of this tour when you guys were talking about conspiracy theories. Like, I'm there for the first five minutes, and then, like, literally an hour and a half later, I'm like, man, this is just blowing my damn mind in two. I just can't believe it. You guys were just talking so much. But I usually do hop on board. Matt will come up with some lame brain idea, and then we'll try to figure out if he's right or not. And it's pretty fun to try and figure it out. And you know what? He was right about the McDonald's. Coca-Cola. I don't know if you guys knew that, but they, they do a few different things. I won't get into it because it's kind of boring. But their Coke is about the best you can get. So screw you, Wendy's. <laughs> screw you, Applebee's. I don't know. All right. So this time, uh, this time I guess, 20 hours ago. Uh, well, no. Yeah. About we were doing a podcast. And... We take a little break, and I look at these guys, and I was just like, hey, I, I seriously, I don't think I can do this. And they knew that I had uh, kidney stone pain. I was fighting it for the past four days with pain medication and all that stuff. So Matt starts setting up uh, an Uber app on my phone. He's just like, okay, at any time, just get a taxi and all that stuff. So I decided once we started, I was going to sneak out and uh, go to the van and just kind of crash. Well, they start singing their songs, and I realized Toby has the key. So it just wouldn't work for me to say, hey, Toby, Toby, I need the key. So I sat there, and then the pain medication started kicking in. These guys, by the end of the show, though, I was in complete agony, and we get in the van, and y'all are just like, so y'all want to go to the varsity? So y'all go to a restaurant in Atlanta, which is fine, but I ended up, what did I text? I don't even know what I texted you guys, but I was seriously laying down in the van uh, just about to die, and I was like, 
we've got to go right now. What did I text y'all? Well, first of all, your recollection of the entire evening is a ninety-five percent off. Absurd, <laughs> absurd, and rude. I mean, almost and nothing you just mean. said seems that based in reality yeah, yeah. to me. I mean, seriously, if that makes any sense to yeah. anybody out there. Yeah. Joey's leaving out a ton of details. He's been basically. <laughs> I mean, the guy's basically been not here. He's been a shell of himself. He's been uh, in the worst. Um, mental, emotional, and physical, physical. failure that I've, I mean, I've ever, been this, ever seen I, over the last three or four days. And it's a weird thing because we're on the road right now and we're, we're, we can't help but talking about it every night. Um, and so you guys don't know that much about it. But if you're listening, you guys in the audience don't, don't, don't know that much about it. But if you're listening to this saga of these four episodes <laughs> as they're released yeah. on Thursday, you will have heard in the past four that what we've been talking about is Joey has been suffering from unbelievable mega depression, unbelievable mega side effects from... And new antidepressant that he's been taking. He has a kidney stone that is that his doctor said is completely impassable and has to have surgery on, which he came on this tour instead of having the surgery. Good idea. Unreal, <laughs> um, <laughs> unreal, stinky farts. Yeah, and then and then he's had nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea the whole time, and he spends twenty something Scaly hours skin. a day laying down or avoiding us completely. And almost the only time we have talked to him has been right now during, it's about during McDonald's. the show. It's about yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, a couple totally. things here and there. So. First of all, last night I told I got the Uber on your phone because you looked like you needed to be in the hos- somewhere between the hospital and the morgue. I, I mean, and you and, were so ugly. And we looking. said you it need was to just go. Terrible. We've been telling you for days you need to go to the hospital. So, no, you were so not. I guess, so I got put you in the. I got Uber on your. I don't think you have any way to get to the hospital. So I put my logged in my Uber on your iPhone and said. Hit this, request it, and go to the hospital. We got to play some songs and finish the show. That's what that's what we told you to do, and then you didn't do that, and then you took some pain medication. Then by the end of the show, you said, "I'm fine. I'm fine." Yeah, I'm I was, fine. man. Drugs are a great thing. So yes. Then after that, Toby and I decided we would eat supper. Right. Yeah. Is that okay? Is that not okay? <laughs> Sorry, we were hungry after playing the show and thinking our friend was going to die. I just thought you were going to go in and come out. I didn't know y'all were going to have a sit down and tip the waitress and everything. It's the varsity for crying out loud. So <laughs> then, hey, so, but I, I want to say in their defense, these guys were very motherly and nurturing to me. It was unbelievable. And, and then after we, we finished, our, after after we finished our supper at eleven thirty at night, what what did we do for the next five hours? You held my hand in the emergency room. You two kissed me emer- on the floor. We went to two emergency. Toby room. felt Two my forehead for a fever. I mean, you know, you, you offered to do the thermometer anally. I mean, it was just unbelievable. We, we proceeded to take Joey to two different emergency rooms for several hours to get him medical attention. And that's that's what we did until the very wee hours of, of this morning. But here's here's a perfect example of Toby and how he will do anything for a friend. Like, I, I overheard you say I was in so much pain I couldn't respond. But he was telling Matt, he's just like, you need to tell Joey just to start screaming. Just tell him to start screaming and yelling and they will put him in front of the line. They will. That's what you do that, though. I promise you, if you are in any kind of pain, when you walk into that emergency room, just start going, I'm going to die! Oh, God! Ah!" I guarantee they would have done anything they could. They would have immediately put you back there. I was, I was going to start doing it. I was, I promise. I was going to start doing. You're just going to use the pronoun. No, he, look, he's no. going to die. There was one part. There was one point. I promise. I was like, I can't do because I, I, 
Joey last night just looked awful, and I was so mad at myself that we didn't force him. He wasn't in the, his right state, and we should have forced him to go to the emergency room early, earlier yeah, in the a night. Day earlier. Yeah, like midnight's not the best time to go to the emergency room, but there was one point where you looked like you were kind of asleep or whatever, and I was just going to start screaming, I think you died. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just going to come get I promise. Well, we I really like, were like in the 40s deep <laughs> as far as this waiting room with 40 something people who were all sitting there as calm as, as you guys are, and you know, and and it was very clear nobody was going to get waited yeah. on. It was a weekend night. We were downtown Atlanta at, ironically, Emory, E-M-O-R-Y, That's true. Yeah. Medical Center. And, uh, I mean, it was a packed house. Nobody was going anywhere. It was completely full. And there was no chance of getting him any attention whatsoever. So we, we stayed there for a while. Then we split, went to a whole other hospital, and eventually got some And they were some awesome, treatment. and they helped. But, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean... It, this tour, like you guys don't know, but the, our listeners will have known now. Like like you said, for three, I mean, I it, it's crazy. Joey's one of my all-time best friends, and I have never seen somebody with a shittier body. It is the <laughs> shittiest body God has ever given a human on earth. I mean, it's just almost unbearable for me to watch. I mean, imagine being in a van with somebody for four days and. Every possible thing that could happen happens to their body. I mean, like there are times where you're laying down and and you would just like say one word like "Hey," uh, we're like, "You can you want anything or whatever?" You just would just frown and look so ugly and just terrible. And then, I mean, it was like un, first day unbelievable depression. Next day vomiting and diarrhea the next day just losing your mind i mean it was just like i couldn't believe it i mean agony pain i mean it's just one thing after another and i was like man that's my pastor <laughs> what do i do what do i do that's my pastor my church and his body is just falling apart so it, it has been exhausting i mean yeah we were up till three in the morning we slept in our van last night at the hospital parking lot and just you know we drove from atlanta after that we didn't even know if, I, we thought you might even have to have surgery, like emergency surgery, yeah. but they gave you some serious drugs and it worked. Yeah. So, yeah, but I and mean, you're on drugs now, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like heroin. What was the one you got from that guy? That shady um, guy. I don't know. What did you give me? Yep. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, like uh, the way that Joey, uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, something cheesy you'd see on, you know, uh, 30 for 30 documentary. But Joey, when it's game time, when it's time to do this podcast, no matter what pain he's in or how depressed he is, he, he has been showing up. So I, I yeah. really think that's a true <laughs> redemption story. And so I, I really I really credit you for that. I want to say, in all seriousness, I'm not laughing at I'm laughing because I just just totally remembered something in the merch room. All right, that and then back to me, but go ahead. Sorry. Do you remember you and I are sitting there? <laughs> Joey loses his mind. First of all, as soon as he gets there, he goes to triage, but then out of nowhere, he goes and pees. So they, then he doesn't have any pee. Yeah, to, they didn't to tell show. me they were going to need but my when you urine. Went, when you went to pee, I mean, you just walk out and you go, Matt. Man, I'm peeing blood. Oh, he, said, he said that I'm from the inside blood the bathroom. In the inside the bathroom, you just hear the door. The door opens. You don't see Joey. He goes, I'm peeing blood and tissue. And then he walks out. Matt goes, oh, hold on. Let me go in there. And Matt's like, where's it at? He said, I flushed it. And you're like, what? <laughs> what are you supposed to, to do? I was trying to get the lady I know, we're to like, If we can show blood and him. tissue pee-pee, <laughs> we might can get something done. He's like, I, I flushed so, it. I was so deflated I don't ever not flush it. that I didn't have evidence for I the lady. I always courtesy flush every time. Even if it's blood and tissue, I will do that. But You have a great mom. But it ruined that moment. <laughs> but I really did think. I really do think, like, uh, like I was saying about you being able to do this and, and make it through. It's like a, a willpower story. Something. It's awesome for you to be here and be doing the show. And here at, at Bad Christian, the stuff we do and the way we believe, in all honesty, we're all about redemption stories. I mean, I think that's something that we all care a ton about. So, I mean, there's a there's 
I mean, that's just the greatest thing in the world. We all agree being Christians. There's a, t- there's a number of them in the Bible that are really pretty good. I mean, it's, I, even to me, like the Michael Vick story is one of redemption. Some of the people would disagree, but I take that very seriously. I think it really is. Um, I mean, you, you, I think there's people like C.S. Lewis that weren't even Christian, and then they went on to become Christian and, and write some of the most powerful stuff in the world. We love the Shawshank Redemption and all these movies that are so redemptive. But I'm telling you what. What Domino's Pizza has done with their new menu. Yeah, my God. When we talk about redemption. My, my God, I can't believe you it. Know? I, I mean, mean, I thought they were. it was over. I was like, I well, that was it. They went too far wrong. They can't come back. And then the, the, new cheesy, sauce. the cheesy bread, the sauce. The, the new crust, the cheesy bread alone. So I think that, that the is. Bacon. A, the bacon. I know. My you got to try their pepperoni and bacon on a thin crust at Domino's Pizza. So that's really, at the end of the day, what it's all about. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's take just a minute here and uh, thank uh, one of our sponsors that lets us put these shows on. Today's first music sponsor is a band that you all heard last week, and they're called The Notionaries. Let's check out another song from them called Excited Eyes. Once your ocean separated you from where you anticipated you to be. Love was baited here somehow, don't pay them out to the world. That was Excited Eyes by the Notionaries. That song will be on their brand new EP coming out this summer on BHG Music Group. To find more from the Notionaries, you can go check out bhgmusicgroup.com or thenotionaries.com. But I tell you what, to make things even simpler for all our listeners, for all the sponsors, all you really need to do is remember one link, and that's badchristian.com forward slash sponsors. You can look up everything there that you want to find out. So you guys heard, uh, as a part of Andy's intro, we really want to hear from you all. Um, but what we don't want is, is funny, the past handful of nights we've actually had uh, people stand up and start like a saga of, hey, here's my time. I'm going to share something. Matt had to cut them off and say, hey, what's your question? They're like, oh, whoa, you wanted me to ask a question? I was going to teach everybody. So we want some specific questions from you guys. Uh, and, and great stuff would be if you are a listener to the podcast, maybe something that has rubbed you the wrong way or maybe something that you didn't quite understand uh maybe something that's uh hit home personally to you but uh or doesn't have to have anything to do with the podcast just general questions but yeah we got all night but we'd love to talk to you guys and hear from you guys you are really part of the show and the guests tonight so we'll just start popping off raising hands and we got a good mic here so who who uh raise your hands on up if you got any questions at all anything you guys would like to say uh my name is charmaine um no ping, blood, or tissue. Thank but, you. 
you said it. I mean, <laughs> I know I, w- I regretted it as soon as I did. That was for sure. Um, not really a question. I just want to point out. Okay, I drove nine hours to see you guys. So Joey says, "Hey, it's nice to finally meet you, Matt. Oh, it's good to see you again, Toby. Oh my lord, what are you doing here?" <laughs> so that makes me feel great. We, no, well, no, I promise you, we feel we love it that people would care about us that much but i just feel so guilty that somebody would drive and see this for drive nine, <laughs> nine hours i mean the pressure now is unbelievable i mean this i gotta live up to nine hours worth of driving down the road i don't think i can do it i mean i've already failed miserably already so it was anguish his response was anguish yeah. right like so you took did you take that to mean that like toby that was like a jerkier response like you'd no, rather you'd rather whole... hear like oh that's so awesome we're glad you're here it's going to be totally worth it that you drove not out. <laughs> yeah, I guess like, you're right. I didn't. I didn't think about it that way. I, I'm sorry if Kimber. It really is like I was like, man, that is. I can't believe she would do that. It, every single time, I always think I take the father thing of like, you should not have done that. What? I cannot. You're gonna be out late. You're gonna get in a wreck, and then what's gonna happen? You're gonna be able to change your tire on your own. It's gonna be two in the morning. You're gonna change it in this my strange dad place. Actually, told me that when I made it to my hotel, so I'm kind of freaking out right Did now. I promise you, that's exactly what I, I can't help it. Like people will come. I mean, number one thing, like Matt and I. I know it sounds so silly. We'll get so pissed off at people at our shows when it's cold and they don't wear a hoodie. Like if they're just out there in shorts sleeve shirt and a tight black emo t-shirt we'll be playing I start in, cussing in, at we'll them. be playing in Grand Rap- Rapids Michigan wake up on our bus and it'll be ele- let's say 11 a.m. doors are at 6 that night I mean, you know, maybe this is back in, you know, 2005. Yeah, 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 and we yeah. had a line outside the club at 11. And not recently that I can yeah, remember. Yeah, to I mean, come to think of it. but They but, all wear coats But there now, was a time when so we, sometimes we'd wake up on our tour bus and there'd be a line outside of the club already for our show that night. And, it, you know, it could be in the middle of Michigan or Iowa or something in the, in the wintertime. And there's kids standing there and they're wearing short sleeve and they're shivering already. And it's not even lunchtime yet. And that, that is so frustrating. I mean, it's like, uh, Toby's right, it makes me angry. And then sometimes people c- come to our shows and they say, fly in. They say, I flew from, I mean, it sounds obnoxious to say this, but we've had people say, I came from Japan or other countries just to see your show here. And I, I, you don't know how to respond because it's like, I mean, with all these things that we do, there's, so, there's certain times when you really love it and you think it's great and what you do is good. But at the same time, there's so many times where you think, Man, what I'm doing is really silly and trivial and trite. So with music, it's that way. Like I wrote these songs, and we just tried to play guitar, and then we tried to get people to look at us doing it. And sometimes it just seems like the silliest thing in the world. And so I don't know if you guys realize that or not, but at least as music and songs, this podcast is even worse. I mean, we're sitting, it's a lot sillier. It's a lot sillier than music because we're sitting in a garage right now and, you know, people sitting on the concrete and it's cold and it's our, you know, Toby and Joey's hometown. And to me right now, this really feels absurd, what I'm doing and what we're doing. And I really feel silly because, I mean, the only thing that we're doing is talking. Like Joey said earlier, all we're doing is talking the same way we'd talk normally. The only difference is we have a microphone turned on just a little bit so honestly i feel like the silliest person in the world and really dumb but if you think about it a little bit more i guess you guys are even dumber yeah. for being here. <laughs> so does that mean i win well i mean I, that's what i'm saying it's really confusing because you drove nine hours to be here so it makes me totally self-reflective like what in the world am i doing because yeah, I, I, I know this is nothing 
And I mean, we can't, we can't pay you back. I mean, what, now that means next week I have to just you walk outside and I'm standing in your garage, your friend's garage <laughs> next week. Like, hey, what's up? I just came to the garage just to see what's going on. Like, I have to do that now to be equal and even to get even with you. I have to drive nine hours to your friend's garage and hang out for anyway. A bit. Thank you, Charmaine, for coming. You're our hero. We really appreciate it very much. Oh, do I do mean that sincerely. Yeah. So. Thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, we, we got to have some more questions. Uh-oh. Who, who else has a question? Let's do it. There we go. Kevin from the Raleigh area. Didn't drive as far as Charmaine It's pretty did. far, though. I still <laughs> say that's too far. Yeah. Long-time fan of Emory, for sure. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that Joey is not as big as a bus, as much <laughs> as you guys talk about how fat he is. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it, it is unbelievable because I always think that their jokes are just so over the top. People pick up on the fact that it's just they're being silly. But every time we go on the road, people are just like, man, I was looking for the fat dude and I couldn't find him every single time. And I was just like, and they're joking. It's a, if it's Joey was 350 pounds, do you really think that that's how mean we are? We would make the same, yeah. still make the same jokes. I'm, I'm serious. Maybe you, maybe you do, but do what percentage of people here, at least we can see visually, we normally can't get a hand raised, but what percentage of you guys here thought Joey was our obese friend? And we, that's just, we just use that for material. <laughs> it's funny. We'll be at one of these shows or something, and somebody will be like standing beside Joey and like, hey, man, I'll tell you, I love this podcast. I can't wait to see that big guy. He's a, <laughs> that, guy's, that guy's really funny. I really like him. And Joey's like, oh, yeah, that, that's me. So that, that was just started, honestly, I, and I even wrote a, I mean, just we can talk about it for a second, but I even wrote a, a blog post about this on our website. But just uh, – it was just started as a joke, and and honestly, I'm ton, tons bigger than Joey, and it, and weight has always been an issue in my life, and it's just kind of making light of it. it means it doesn't own me or it doesn't own whatever. So just making fun of Joey, and Joey's easy to make fun of. So if you don't so. want something to own you, then make fun of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. yeah. Right. Man, you're that right. Was, that was a good observation. That's my next like book. <laughs> that's gonna sell a ton. Seriously, I mean, that's gonna be amazing. If Thank you. Guys. <laughs> Did you have a question or just that observation? That's okay. So, so far, no questions. It was, I drove yeah. nine hours and Joey's not fat. What else yeah. have we got? What else do we have this evening? Don't be afraid. Yeah. It's go time. There we go. Hey, I'm Justin from Savannah, Georgia. What's up, dude? Nice. Um, I was just wondering, did Bad Christian start as a podcast and end up as a music label or music label then... Yeah, totally. It actually started as a blog that Toby and I did. Then Matt, being close friends with us, was very interested in it, gave it a name, and then just I, we both just wanted his uh, input. So at that time, it was just a blog. We were writing stuff, and then we all started talking about, hey, let's podcast. Let's take it on the road. Let's maybe even think about a record label. So it went from blog to podcasts, and maybe a record label around the same time as the podcast. Wouldn't y'all say that's about right? Yeah, it's just a big uh, encompassing thing. What we've always done is, you know, we, we come from the punk scene or the DIY scene, as it's called. So it just means you do everything yourself. And so that's where we've come from. We've been, Toby and I have been doing a band for 15 years almost. And we started doing everything ourselves. And then we, you know, we've dealt with other people and never found anything as satisfying or, or as good as doing everything yourself. So um, nobody's ever going to care as much about what you do as you do. And so... 
over that amount of time, we've learned a bunch of skills, both in business and entertainment and stuff like that. So we know enough to release Emery's music basically on our own without any help. And, and we can do all those things. So it, it made sense to us just to think we can do that for other, we can help other, we've developed so many skills that we can, is, if we're going to, if we're going to have this whole machine run and just to, for our band, we could cooperatively help other bands. So we don't think of our label as a big business, but more of a thing that is engineered to find like-minded people work with them and help them also release music with all the legwork and non-musical stuff that we are, are already used to and know how to do. So that's that's the music component of it. And podcasting is very much the same. It's there's not it's not companies and this and that. It's just this this computer, these three microphones, and us. And so anything that happens, you know, we we do it or directly responsible for it. And a blog is the ultimate version of that. Everybody. Um, in the world can have a blog that's competitive with the the with CNN or whatever company and that's the coolest that's the that's what's really exciting so it makes total sense to us just to put all those things under the one name the one group the stuff that we're working hard at and care about all the stuff that we are interested in and want to do let's just lump it all together and see what happens and it's been very fun so far yeah good question i think there's another one back here behind you andy aj what's up aj uh long time listener first time caller um, thank you. So uh, you guys are pretty high up on the iTunes Christian charts, but uh, I've yet to hear Jesus' name spoken, and I'm really disappointed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying the amount of JPMs is not very high right now. G- what's JPM? J- Jesus, Jesus per minute? minute. Jesus, is, Jesus <laughs> per minute. I'm what is a good JPM rate in the industry? Do you know? Minimum, you should be at least Toby Mac, but you should aim for like a Steve Kirsch. Stephen Kirsch, Chapman, yeah. We're not All right, that so good. So, what's your that. question? <laughs> that was it. I, I have a question, actually. Um, you guys have been unapologetic with, um, at times, calling the church out with things that you know are messed up in the church, and um, and you know a the, lot of those were critiques on how you do your job. It just wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, your yeah, name wasn't mentioned. You haven't fired me yet, so I must be not doing something right. Um, with, but at the same time, you've been unapologetic with saying that the church it has a place in society and and it's got a purpose. Do you think the end game is? This infiltrating the church, or this being separate from the church, because there is an there is a a, a population that never will relate to the church, um, but will with this. I, well, just if y'all don't mind me answering first, um, it's, it's I'm glad you brought that up because I've been thinking about it all today. Uh, one of the guys last night, actually the host, we had a really good conversation, and he goes to Andy Stanley's church, and we kind of talked about the church a little bit. I don't know if y'all know are that familiar, but it's a huge church, but based in, I guess in the Atlanta area. And, uh, you know, super famous author. We're actually going to be doing an ad for his new book, even on our podcast. And uh, he thought that I was saying uh, that I was questioning the impact that the church has. And and I, I don't. I do not question the impact that the church system, I should say. I believe the church is all of us. Right now, this is, is Church of Christians. If you're even by yourself, you're the church. Um, you're part of the body. But I, I think for me, uh, I think... I, what I would love is if what we are trying to do infiltrates and people that can do it better than us do it. And all we're trying to do is just be honest and have some real conversation. Like the, the coolest thing about this, even every time we go out on these living room tours, somebody, no matter what, comes up to me and goes, goes, man, it's just awesome that you guys say the things the way you say them and it's okay. 
Like like that. I mean, and, and they're not saying. I mean, maybe we get it wrong. Maybe we even sin. Maybe you know all these things. But it, it's okay in a sense of uh, I love. Love, love that from the top down in church, if I would love to see in, in, in the coming years of just total transparency and it just being okay for the pastor to be open and honest from the get-go about stuff or the the youth pastor or the congregation member or the volunteer, whatever it might be. So I, I do hope that what we're, we're up here just cutting up, having a good time, but I, I guess I also really hope that it means that other people can and it be okay, that it doesn't have to be, hey, man, I, I sinned, and so now we got to really get together and talk about it. Like, I mean, sin is a part of our daily life. Everybody in here is a, just a sinner. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably more a part of you than some other things that, you, you know, you probably sin more than you exercise or sin more than you do some other things, and, and it's just, I mean, we don't need to hide that that that's a part of who we are we chose it it's messed up it's awful but if if we have that right there with us then once again it doesn't own us and and we own it and and i do hope that that infiltrates the churches i don't think it's going anywhere and i think i think it is uh i i appreciate it in the fact that it it's a, it's the easiest way to go hey man there's some good people that can tell me about a good god and i, I can show up there you know what i mean it, it, there's churches on every corner you can find something about god pretty much at least in america and so i, I like that but at the same time i do hope we challenge the <laughs> christian needs transparency of our church for sure yeah now andy to your question you're saying do you think we this type of thing should infiltrate the church or the what was the if yeah, you ba- basically, what's your, what's your in-game focus? Is, I mean, is it is it to you know to affect the church building establishment mm-hmm. um, in a way like Toby's talking about, or do you see bad Christian as guys? It's never going to happen. Let's just have this thing over in our corner of the kingdom of God because there is a sect of people that will never relate to the church, and we want to be there for those people. Right. Well, I mean. Uh, I'll answer that based on the way that I feel. And yes, I do feel some things, but I feel like this, I think what we're doing, I feel like we are way out there. I feel like we're on an island and maybe that's over insecurity for me, but I feel like what we do, I feel like we're way out on an island and I, I, kinda, and I like it out here. It's a nice island, but I, I don't, I, I hate the, the binary of that, that there's that and then there's, and, and we're not the only island in the, you know, in the chain. There's a lot of other volcanic stuff popping up for sure, and I believe there'll be a lot more in the future. But I don't think it should be that way. So I don't think it should be we go and take over that or they come out and meet us here. I think there should be every single thing in between also should pop up. And I think that's the biggest problem is the church. Uh, one A big problem with the church is it says, well, we have to play it safe and be the most for everybody. At, and we can't risk anything because that might be at the expense of somebody, except for 99.999 of people are all still after the one demographic, which would be the largest one. So people that are alternative are left out, except for all alternative people. They're not unified. They're all split up. So people that feel like me and my friends were underrepresented. I would say, but, but we're not also, we we're different than other people that aren't represented. So what we do is, is very small and tiny. It's not intended to take over anything, but we need a thousand more things that are in between it, The church doesn't need, doesn't need to be, well, there's the church high up on the hill and then there's, it drops way off into this giant moat and there's a few little outposts here and there. It, it needs to be a broad encompassing wide array of every possible thing that's people of the church they are doing entertainment and TV shows, podcasts, teaching. 
I mean, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be reserved for the one most gifted teacher with the best staff that's the most charismatic that has the most money behind it, and that's the only way. And it needs to be every single thing. Yeah, but Joel Osteen though. Right. Yeah, no, you and the counter, that. the counter to that would be whatever is the best thing should be the only thing. That's the that's the opposite line of thinking of where I'm going. The opposite is whoever's the best, whatever's the best should be the only one. So, and I, I totally disagree with that. Who's next? My name is Ryan. I'm so, from uh, Wilmington. And yay! All right, Wilmington in the house. Anyway, uh, my question <laughs> is, uh, like, I think uh, that. Um, people who are Christians have been able to get into, like, say, the music scene fairly well, like, hit a broad stroke with us, like, into the secular market, or whatever you want to call it. Um, But why do you think it's been so hard for them to uh, enter scenes like, like, even film or other art forms? Like, it seems easy to get into music or to make that. I I don't know if it is easy, but um, we haven't really seen that I mean, did you guys see Left Behind? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did watch God is Not Dead. I, I mean, I just, I, I think, I, did uh, see that. I think a, a huge part of it does have to do with, I think Toby was saying, just how churches, they need to be, they need to present themselves as very protective and very safe. And the byproduct of that is also not to be just totally open and honest and transparent. So I think movies like that that come out, and I, I, honestly, the Fireproof movie, man, it gets me every time. I mean, I think it's some pretty cheesy acting. But is Kirk uh, Cameron in that? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh man, but 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 a lot of those movies. Why why do you have to go so far just to protect this certain thing? Like this movie has to be like this. It has to have the Christian elements and everything. I mean, we've talked about making movies before that, man, what if they were rated R because of some violence and you had a guy that, that cussed a lot, but at least it'd be honest. You know, I just don't know why Christian stuff has to look a certain way. I think that's a huge reason. So is it different, Toby, do you think is, is music, e- uh, is it, maybe is it easier to make music than a movie? That could be a reason. Yeah, I mean, the reason why it's easy to get into music is just because young dudes and dudettes, uh, they start in high school going to youth group and then they pick up an instrument and start playing and the church will let you play there and they say, oh, but you man, just sing for the Lord. And they do for a little while and then who knows what that even means because eventually many don't sing for the Lord anymore. And so I think it's an easier route. If you tried to make a movie and show it at your church, nobody's going to care. You know what I mean? They don't They don't care unless it w- really did have Kirk Cameron in it. But you know what I mean? Like seriously, <laughs> if you get, you, know, you get him or... Uh, one of the newsboys or something like that. But the problem with Christian film is it's way too agenda driven and uh, try uh, it comes across very judgmental. Like, Hey man, we got it right. Yeah. I mean, everybody's so good. Like, look, I mentioned that movie, God is not dead. And uh, we had a atheist professor on and he, he actually did a review of it and it just blew my mind. It was so awesome because if you, uh, has anybody in here seen that movie? God is not dead. You've seen it. I know a couple. Okay. You don't have to. I probably wouldn't. Is what I would say. Unless you really, unless you go into it the right mind frame of man, you really want to have a fun like. Well, I saw the title and I was like, well, I knew that, so I don't want to go see the movie. Yeah, I knew that. But 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 I mean, it, in that movie alone, I promise you, it is so funny how good the Christians are and how just pieces of shit the atheists are. They are, I mean, one scene, and I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating, one scene is Dean Cain, you know, used to be Superman or whatever, and he's talking, he's at dinner with his girlfriend, and uh, 
or his fiance even. And uh, he's like, oh, I finally got the promotion. I'm going to be partner. And he's like, so excited, you know. And she says, I'm so happy for you, but um, I was diagnosed with cancer today. And he, there, I mean, the 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 producers and, and directors of this film thought this was the line for him to say. He's the atheist, and he goes, "You had to tell me that tonight. I just told you I got a promotion. You had to tell me you have cancer and you're dying." I mean, I was like, "What in the world?" <laughs> like, seriously, that's a scene. And then, and, and then, you know, like the 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 Christian right just eat it up, man. They're just like, "Yeah, the, the man, those atheists are just assholes. They don't get it. They don't care. You know what I mean? They don't, you know, they they, they don't even say I'll pray for you." They'll say you're in my thoughts and all this stuff, man. They're stupid. They're probably liberals. They're just stu- oh, and, and it's just it's just crazy. Like that 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 the problem with it, 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 anybody that wanted to write a movie that just kind of was just real, you couldn't do that because Christians don't want to hear that. I mean, that's way too scary. If you actually said, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian, but this this and this, you know, you know what I mean. Like that that seems way too scary. It's way safer if if you go to watch a movie and all the Christians are just the best. I mean, they're just awesome. They don't mess up. You know, they just sing great. They look great. They talk great. Everything about it. And I mean, that's why they they're not great. I mean, they they they're awful because it's not even real. It just it's 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 a joke, and the rest of the world sees it, and except for the Christians don't, and they all go rent out the movie theaters for their town and pay for this, and it's just it, you know, I mean, it's silly to me. I'm gonna say that we're gonna give the movie people a, a break for a little while because cinema is is I believe infinitely harder than music. Like it's a much easier thing to mess up. Like, there's very little tolerance for a bad movie or bad acting or bad writing, which is what Toby's talking about. It is bad. And it's not very artistic because it's agenda-driven on another part, whereas the worst Christian music is, too. But we've seen, and maybe not until the last couple of decades, uh, Christian music in the pop scene, at least, where uh, it's, you know, it's not agenda-driven. There's a bunch of bands, and since we've been in music, we've seen it shift from every band has to say Jesus and every song has to, to, man, there's tons of bands now, but that's exploded over the time we've been in music of, of bands that were actually concerned with making good art and doing stuff and not an agenda. So since film is more infinitely more complicated and the stakes are higher and the budgets are higher, you can't get these punk rock filmmakers in there with a low budget no acting and expect them to pull it off that's more difficult but let's give them some more time maybe we'll find some christians that can get in there with the new technologies low budget make something artistic that's real maybe they will and it just hasn't popped yet maybe it just hasn't happened yet no but i just don't think christians want that i mean it, it, the middle america the south and all that stuff they don't they don't want that cool move i mean Donald Miller's movie was like that. I mean, Donald Miller's movie was a real movie. Blue Like Jazz was a real movie, and they just don't want that. And you can't you can't make fun of our religion. You can't make light of it. It has to be so serious. It has to be gospel centered. And the message here. And it, I mean, I, I remember when we when I first started writing music, and this is a long time ago. I went to. Uh, Charleston Southern it used to be Baptist College of Charleston. Uh, first two years of college, and then unbelievable amounts of years after that, I graduated. But um, I remember uh, I I went and talked with the campus pastor, and I was like, he just wanted to talk to me, and and some friends were had been praying for me, and you know I was a druggy weed smoker drinker, and then and so he wanted to talk to me, and I was like, yeah, I, I said I, I do believe in God, and I. Um, I, th- I think Jesus is the way, but you know, I just want to write music about like real shit I'm going through. I didn't say shit, but uh, real stuff I'm going. <laughs> that's what you had to say to the campus pastor. Real stuff that you know is just burdening me. And so, uh, and he was like, "Hey, man, you can do that. 
you can write real stories of, you know, just pain and stuff like that. But just make sure the very end, you just talk about how Jesus saved you from it. <laughs> I mean, he told me that. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. I mean, I'm, I'm going through this but right it now. it betrays art, really. Right, right, right. It's an exactly. agenda. It's not art. Uh, yeah, so, so what I'm saying I'm hopeful for in film, which is a, a art form that I like, is that there'll be the, I mean, yes, the mainstream doesn't want it. I agree with right. you. But I'm going to hold out hope for the underground scene to be, be able to pull something off. Well, I think we should just make fun of Christianity and it'll get yeah. better. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make Jesus NATO. And that's going to be the movie that I'm going to make. <laughs> and it's where it's big tornado where Jesus is in and he comes and just saves all these people. Jesus just shooting out of the tornado, saving people instantly, healing who, them from who their... Who is going to star in this movie? I don't I'm know. Very interested. Jim Caviezel, Jim Caviezel's career has kind of gone down. So it's just Jim Caviezel in a tornado saving the hell out of people. And it's going to be a hit. Can Danny DeVito be the voice of God? Yeah, that would be awesome. It would be totally awesome for sure. Awesome. All right, we got any more questions? Who else? We'll do one more question. We'll take a a few more. Oh, we'll do a few more if we got them. Yeah, we got them. My name's Travis. I'm from Ocean Isle. I totally imagined your voice sounding that way before you said anything. That's is that awesome. A, is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, the Bible says that through Jesus we can overcome sin. Um, and I was just wondering your view on sin. Do you believe that the church labels some things as sin that maybe you guys wouldn't? Well, I mean, I think we are. the. I do think of us as the church, but I think maybe if you're saying like the, the church system or Sunday morning church or whatever, uh that that's a tough one man I, I mean we've talked about this a ton before i mean there's definitely places several a few places in the bible where jesus says go and sin no more and uh we had a good friend we had a good meeting and uh he articulated it so much more clearly than i could but uh i i do not believe those people did not sin again when jesus said hey man I, you know you've been healed go and sin no more or uh i'm the way the truth and life go and sin no more when he's saying those things i actually i do believe in and this is kind of paraphrasing our friend's words but um just that that was meant to create a crisis of oh you are going to sin and you need me like i, I think like no matter what I, I think that we can improve our lives we can sin less and and Maybe that should even be a goal. I don't know. I'm not the person to ask about that. But um, I I would say that I don't necessarily think less of sin. I think everything that the church would say is sin, I believe is sin. But my goal in life, just as I've gotten older, is not to stop sinning. Like, I think that's a a human condition that we really weigh ourselves on and think about and and judge ourselves as how Christian we are. I, I, I mean... We kind of got into an argument with the PubCast guys about this, but I, and you guys might totally disagree with me. I just don't think God cares as much about sin as, as we do. I mean, I, I think it's terrible. I think sin is awful. I think it's, we're all infected with it, and it's getting us. I really do believe he does care about relationship. I think that's why he came. I think that's why the whole story, Jesus is throughout the whole story of the Bible. I think all those things. And so I, I think the, the goal more than sinning is how much or what is right, like, oh, man, is drinking okay, or is cussing okay, or is this okay? I think, like, the deeper you get in relationship with God, those things fade away, and the things that you're not supposed to do, you don't do anymore. So I really do believe it's about relationship. Like, I just don't think, like, I mean, and we can get into, and, and maybe even with our guests. Uh, Avoiding yeah, sin isn't our highest pursuit. It would be right. a way we would say. Because all that would be, that's still that's just about me. 
Oh, I avoided sin or, oh man, you know, through, through God's help, I don't do this anymore, man. Look, I don't, I, and it, there's just too much I in that. And I, I really do prefer to say, man, my relationship with God is getting deeper and more awesome and more intimate. And I don't even think about those things the same way anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like real things that get me now, I don't think, I don't, I, I I try not to. I still do because I grew up in a very small charismatic church where everything was hellfire brimstone. And, you know, to be a Christian, don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss. And then, you know, women don't wear makeup or, you know, cut your all kinds of crazy stuff. Don't wear jewelry, all this stuff. And then there was just all these rules. And I know that the church I grew up in totally believed in Jesus, but it was about these rules. And that was all about the people, not about Jesus. So I, more and more I'd see it as. I, I think sin is bad and it gets you, but something's going to get you. And this one seems way worse than that one. You know what I mean? Like that just, just because that, you know, some, uh, there's a million jillion young men and women looking at pornography, but the, there's an old lady who's 80 years old. That's just man filled with hate or anger or God, why'd you take my husband so soon? And just mad and, and, and just trying to deal with that. Travis, stuff. do you think that we're that that we come across as as pro sin or or whatever sheep grace or whatever it be? I mean, was that part of your question there? Uh, no, I just I look at it as more of an overall, like you said, growing basically in grace, and um, I just feel like the more that you walk with Jesus, those things should fall off. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like sometimes, like say somebody who's been saved for 10 years or something still has a problem mm-hmm. using language or, you know, uh, you know, cussing or maybe they're still drinking or something. I just, sometimes you look at people like that and you're like, well, you've been a Christian for 10 years. Why have you not been able to overcome that? And that's just sort of how I look at it. I just feel like, like there's a lot of stuff in my life that I've overcome as I've grown in Christ. Right. And sometimes I just feel like, other people maybe aren't trying as hard or that they're just not, you know. Well, pursuit of Jesus is is a better, pursuit of that relationship is more valuable than uh, the pursuit of eradication and of that's sin. What, and that's what yeah, you just said, too. Yeah. You actually said walking with Jesus, that stuff falls off. And I think that's where we stand. I mean, if our primary pursuit is stop sinning, stop sinning, then all of a sudden Jesus' words, it is finished, kind of loses its meaning a little bit. Because it's like, wait a second, my pursuit is to stop a bunch of stuff, but then Jesus said he did it all. What you said is key. Walk with Jesus and things will start to happen. But I also think that we're always going to be battling sin. I mean, that's just the nature of having uh, humanity. And then what... even to go back, just to give you a question to ask, like, what does that actually mean? They're not trying hard enough. When you say that, what do you what what do you mean by that? Like, uh, you have Christian friends that you would say, oh man, they're still they still do a certain sin and they're not trying hard enough. You you think that way or well, not a matter of trying, just not being able to give it up. Yeah. I mean, well, you're I, saying I, I you you were able to get over it. Why can't they? Well, sort of. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, if we're all relying on Jesus, there's nothing that says that I can't overcome something through with his help that somebody else can't. I mean, it might be harder for them, but, um, well, are there things, I, I, are, what are about the, the people that are doing so much better than you are though? That look well, at you I that just way. Just hope that one day I could get to that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the thing is just 
all kinds of sin gets us differently. And I mean, and, and going back, that's what kind of what Matt was getting at is there's probably some serious sin in your life that just gets you. And you're like, man, I did that again. I feel so stupid. And it's just, it's some sins are just way easier to see and they're just way easier to do. And the, and we all do them. You know what I mean? Like the, the, there's tons of stuff. I mean, uh, m- most people have sex before marriage, but you know, we'll really get pissed off that, you know, like we'll, we'll commit a sexual sin, but we are, are super strong on not being gay. You know what I mean? Like, like how many people here had sex before marriage? It's like most of the room and the other people are fucking liars. So, <laughs> so, so that being said, but that being said, a large majority of the room had sex before marriage. But yeah, man, we're all, uh, lots of people will be pissed off about sexual immorality involving a male and a male or a female and a female. And so I think that certain things get us and, and it's really easy not to have that grace. Like, I mean, Jesus didn't sin at all. So everybody failed. I mean, he was just constantly, I mean, and then he went and hung out with the people with just the biggest, most blatant sins. Hey, you're a prostitute. Hey, you're a tax collector. Or, hey, you're a drunk. You're this and that. And he just hung out with them. And I believe, and I've said this a million times, but the, the thing about Jesus that I think just goes so unrecognized is he must have just been honestly cool as shit. Like he just to hang out with Jesus would just been so fun because you did not feel condemned and you didn't feel shamed. And, and how could that be if you're hanging out with somebody that didn't that, that didn't sin? I mean, if somebody didn't sin and they 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 had there was no condemnation and no shame, and we don't come close to that. I, I promise you, I am the worst at, hey, I love, uh, man, I love you, brother. I love you. See, man, it's awesome hanging out with you. But when I leave, I'm like, man, they just don't have it. Why, why, why can't they just stay in their marriage? Why can't they just handle their finances better? Why can't they just stop gossiping or worrying and all this? I mean, it's really easy for me to do that, but I think it, it's too easy for us as Christians to go, well, I see these sins and man, that it, we can see everybody else's sin and they, how they could get out of it. But ours, I mean, I have tons of sins that I do daily. I might not even realize I mean, for sure. I mean, I think I think we might all be we might all be standing one day at the gates of heaven, and God's like, "Man, why did you buy from Walmart? You know how many slaves you made? Do you know how many people were killed because you shopped at Walmart? And we don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think there's tons of sins we don't even know that we're doing. And it, and it, so, my point being, it, it's be careful. When you say, man, that, that person's sin is bad because it might, you have to look at yourself too. You know what I mean? Like, hey, what sin do I get? I mean, theirs might be huge, like alcoholism. That's an easy one to see. But mine might be serious anxiety. And that means I want control. Jesus, you don't have control. I'm having anxiety or worry or whatever it might be. So I can, I need to know and I need to have it this way. And I'm going to be ruler of my life. So, it, so it's just tough. It, it, it's tough, but we have to have grace and figure that out, I believe. Our second music sponsor is The Grandfather. Have you checked them out yet? Because we're going to keep talking and talking and talking about them until you do, because they're great. Let's check out a clip from their song, December.
That was a clip of the song December by The Grandfather. Their new EP, 1222, will be out on March 23rd, the day after my birthday. You can buy it for me for my birthday. Too bad I already have it. Check them out on Facebook.com, The Grandfather Band, and also at thegrandfatherband.bandcamp.com. Today's final music sponsor is a metalcore band from Canton, Georgia, called Asyla. This song is the title track from their EP, Solipsism. Let's check it out. was Solipsism by Asyla. Go check them out at facebook.com forward slash Asyla G-A. That's A-S-Y-L-A-G-A. And you can pick up their new EP for only $3. What? At Asyla-GA.Bandcamp.com. Uh, Jack Hoy, uh, he is kind of our resident theologian, does a lot of the research for the messages. Uh, he has been very gracious to me personally as he's acted as kind of my personal theologian. I can just email him, and he is very kind to me of emailing me right back uh, answers to my crazy questions. I think it's pretty noteworthy that this book, Bad Christian, Great Savior, he was able to read it through. And not only is he super gifted theologically, but he was able to see things in the book as from a perspective of, okay, guys, I know what you're trying to say. You sound like an asshole when you're saying it this way. Here's how you should probably say it. And honestly, saved us uh, big time with because I was like, wow, it really did come across pretty arrogant. So Jack, if it wasn't for you, bad Christian would not exist. So thank you. Um, I, we want to ask uh, him some questions, but Jack reminded me of a uh, funny story that I do want to kind of tell you guys this. So we would bounce some things off to Jack, and sometimes I would say, hey, man, will you read this post real quick? Uh, so we have an editing team, and there's this one guy who basically said about my post, said, man, it's kind of, you know, do this differently, and oh, I don't really like how you said this, and oh, you're a little wrong here theologically. So I sent the post to Jack, and I said, Jack, man, uh, there's this guy, and he said this stuff about my writing. Here, you can just read it, blah, blah, blah. Well, he reads my email way too quickly. He responds, and he was basically just like, Joey, he said, sometimes you have to tell smart people off because this guy thinks that he's just uh, so smart. This is the worst post I have ever seen in my whole entire life. He said it's <laughs> dumb from yeah. start to finish. He said, do you not even pick up on the conflicts from here to here? He's like, this person is just talking. They don't even know what they're talking about. One time they're saying this, next time they're saying that. So I responded. I was like, hey, Jack, I, 
I wrote this post. <laughs> yeah, well, and so I'm sitting on my computer, and I said to myself, no, I stand by it. <laughs> Jack, thank you for jumping in there with a joke. Uh, I thought what was funny is, and, and you and I have not met, so I'm, I'm glad to yep. meet you tonight and glad to talk to you so we can have a conversation. But uh, I was really thrilled when I heard another one of Joey's large errors was that uh, before coming here tonight, you were unaware of the fact that there was going to even be an audience. Is that the case? Yeah, to some degree. Well, so I, I, was, I was looking back through the text that Joey sent me, and, um, and, and, and he did say it was live. And I'm really going to chalk that up to my, my introvert um, defense mechanisms, just really just preventing me from reading that part of your text. <laughs> but you may have thought we would be in a studio live uh, recording yeah, right. something well, for I, you know, some live, online audience. You didn't realize there was going to be live thir- can mean many things. You know, 50 <laughs> weirdos sitting in the garage <laughs> looking at you. So I, I really respect you being here and, and just doing it anyway. We were worried you'd back out once you realized there would be people here. So we're glad you're here. I am. <laughs> Absolutely. But you, you bring a super interesting perspective to me personally. You've... Uh, honestly helped me out a lot through some theological stuff. So while we have some time with you, I think it'd be super interesting just to throw some things your way. Like, for example, Toby has been making a pretty bold statement that I tend to agree with uh, and what he said as far as God not caring as much about our sin as we do. What are your thoughts on that statement just in general? Yeah, you know, I was um, I was thinking a lot about that as, as you were talking and, you know, one, one of the things that, that I've been wrestling a lot uh, over the past several months is, uh, you know, you also brought up anxiety. And, uh, you know, I've got some anxiety issues. And, and one of the things I realized a few months ago is that I am really tired of being more afraid of my sin than I am willing to love people. And it's, it's so easy to, to um, prioritize keeping myself clean and keeping myself... Uh, sort of walled off from any risk and any potential for for getting dirty from from other people or or from myself and, and i 'm just really tired of living that way um, and I think it 's really easy to think that well, what God really wants for me is to be clean and 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 and, and you know with a lot of things that um, can be destructive that 's not entirely wrong. But you know, there's something deeper to it, and there's something beyond it, which is you know, yeah, you know, God God wants me to be clean, but He also wants me to be with other people, you know, right in the middle of of their stuff and their mess. And you know, being clean isn't pretending that I don't have a mess, and being clean isn't about pretending that, um, well, I, I can't really be with those people because you know I'm going to catch whatever they have, and and so you know. You would agree with him then. Sounds like it. Yeah. You, you know, in, in the sense, I, what I would say is, is God doesn't care about the sin, or God doesn't care about sin the way we think he cares about sin. Because we tend to think that God cares about things the way we do. And um, I just, for me, what God really wants is for me to stop being afraid. Um, because it's really easy for me to pursue my own purity, my own cleanliness. Uh, and it's it's much easier to do that if I just keep other people at arm's length. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, what is yeah, the sure. theological camp that says, I mean, God is wrathful. He hates sin. And so for, for Toby to say something like that is maybe a little flippant. 
Because it's to me, yeah, like when, not, to me, not, when he says it, it makes me cringe a little bit. Like I know what I think Toby's getting at, but at the same time, yeah, like it was so God serious. He certainly had to die hate, for it, right? It so, that's serious so, stuff. Well, right there. listen, if it, listen, I don't think bad Christian could ever be accused of being flippant about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Well, you know, sometimes I think that you have to you have to sound a little. Um, you know, extreme in one way or the other to, to, to move towards something that you're really trying to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, it's easy to say, well, of course God cares about sin. But again, I, you know, for me to say that, it really gets more towards my anxieties about it, which is I care about my sins. And your sins, I, you know, them, they suck and that's too bad. But really, my sins are the issue. And, and, you know, yeah, God cares about sin, but he doesn't care about it in the way we think he should, I think. Um, yeah, because yeah. if he did, then that, I mean, I think people get caught up too with uh, why does he let the bad stuff happen anyway? And then that gets, that just takes me back to I have never seen God sin. I definitely have seen people sin. Yeah. So yeah. I think people are infected with sin. But I, yeah. but I just m- my big point is yeah, of course it's bad. I know that I sin against people, sin against myself, sin against God uh, always. And I just uh, with that being said, what are we so worried about that we are going? Is is our goal here on earth to stop that? Or to, well, to know Jesus more. Well, here's the thing is we, we got to think about why God created us in the first place. God did not create us so that we wouldn't sin. He created us so we could be in a relationship with him. Right. So it's like now that Jesus has come and, you know, we believe that Jesus uh, died to rebirth that relationship. He didn't come so that we would stop sinning. He came for that relationship to come. And, and the byproduct of that relationship being perfected is that, yeah. we, you know, we won't be sinning anymore. You know, one, one of the things that... um. In uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, there's a book called Life Together. And one of the things he talks about is that, you know, the, the church, Christian community, isn't, sort of, isn't some sort of ideal that we get to pursue. It's reality that we're privileged to be a part of. And what he means is, um, you know, church and being with other Christians, it's not sort of this, all right, well, we're all going to get our act together, and, and this is what we're heading after. He says that right now, in the middle of your mess, that is the reality you are privileged to partake in. It is a privilege to chase after Jesus with other people in the midst of the worst things about them. That is the privilege. The privilege isn't once you guys get all your stuff worked out and you're able to worship together. The privilege is right now chasing Jesus as you are. Yeah. So, Jack, you have a uh, you have a degree in the in the theologies and stuff nope. like that, or what? <laughs> no, no. So, yeah. So, so here here's the thing, um, and and well, actually, I, I feel like I should make a quick note that um, technically, despite Andy's remarkable introduction, I'm the, I'm Jack the third. The third, yeah. and wow. so you know, for for liability's sake, for my father, I really should be specific that I'm not Jack Junior. Yeah. Okay, because um, <laughs> this podcast is going to be everywhere. Right. People are going to be like, it could affect some things. It could affect some things. Your dad may disown you. Um, but uh, well, more likely, he might call you on Monday. Right, that's true. The... So, so no, I actually don't have a gre- uh, degree in theology. Uh, my, you know, really. Um, my, you know, my real interest and really what I uh, really consumes a lot of my time is church history. Okay. And so, um, you know, I've been to school, I've taken a lot of theology, um, and I've sort of gotten that, you know, reputation on staff. So let's look at 
church history, but the future of it. So it's not church history anymore. Even, that's not. There's what no do you think? I know it's, it's, it's a joke. It's, it's a joke. Is what, what do you think is the? What do you think is the shelf life of how? basically mega churches do church now because the three of us are currently super involved. Matt has been involved the majority of his yeah. Christian life in a mega church, how it's being done right now. How long can this go on? And yeah, I'll, I'll are, are you asking there. about my career yeah. prospects? For, yeah. yeah. Like when are you going to need to look for a new job? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the next step Google church? You know, <laughs> If you have a background in church history, reasonably, what yeah. Joe, I agree with what you know, Joe is saying, would you have some insight into it? Because you said well, something really interesting to me the other day. Uh-oh, you scary. actually said, well, I won't, I, it may make you uncomfortable. That was just a, a no, Joey I, Jack No, I think thing. I'm about to say what I We were holding hands, yeah. and it was, okay, yeah. go ahead. It's hard for me, it, sometimes it's really hard for me to see you know, evangelical megachurch culture um, lasting into the next generation. And, and, and a lot of that is a feature of what, how, how do you transition yeah. from one generation to the next? I mean, what does that look like? Because um, so many of them are leader-driven. And, and, and some of them get into the you know, personality, cult, or whatever, but not all of them do. But even the ones that don't, I mean, how do you transition a church like that to the next generation? And I'm sure some of them will, and I'm sure a lot of them won't. Do you think that when the leader dies, and just it will just take over a new leader, or I mean, because that I hope they don't like, wait that long. I mean, like that's what we experience. Like the thing that scares me is I I worked at Mars Hill. Yeah, it's a humongous church that was one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And then the the one man, if you would say, yeah. or the the leader went down. That church is gone. It no longer exists, and that's scary. Yeah, that if a, if a mega church use the word mega is it mega or is it one <laughs> you know what i mean like that's the partly one due to that system that just fueled him to be the guy i mean there's some i think i agree with him there's some churches that are not built on that i agree yeah. i think even the church we work at right. i mean the, i'm yeah, able right. to I work at the church that. I, that i work at because well, everybody knows our church is kind of built on him yeah uh, and, and i mean it's, fu- it's funny too because they've told us before they're like why don't you just say the name seacoast are you guys ashamed of yeah. us we work at seacoast <laughs> church and their goal the number one thing that makes me just so excited this isn't the number one thing but something that just makes me almost proud of our church is that there's no desire to be the dude or the guy you know what i mean the the leader that we all submit to and so i think that's really cool but i think the danger is mega churches are it seems like this mega churches are intrinsically built upon one person hey there's one guy that can really preach the word so we need a bunch of different places that can hear him do it and so that's why when he passes away or he inevitably sins or, or whatever i mean it, you think that it's, it's over like it what, what's the shelf life 50 years yeah and then, and then what will remain after that i mean mainline church is that is that is that coming back I, I mean, I, it, it's it's hard to say. You know, it, in some ways, it has a lot to do, I think, with um, with the way that. Well, so it's, I mean, just you know, America specifically. Um, I, in some ways, I think it has a lot to do with the way that um, our culture sort of the, the attitude towards Christianity in general over the next twenty five. I mean, does it become yeah. more antagonistic as it seems to be? And and if that's the case, so so in a really antagonistic setting, what sorts of organizations survive? Well, I think it's the ones with, you know, the, the traditions that reach back farther, yeah. and the organizations that are more, you know, uh, uh, rooted in the past. And it, so, it, bad Christians gone. I mean, just no, boom. what? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it's just hard to say, you know. But but I will say so. So so uh, N. T. Wright, um, uh, New Testament historian, uh, was the British uh, was the Bishop of Durham. Yeah, uh, you know, writes extensively. Is that North he, Carolina or he? Um, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> he he. So so he uh, had sort of this analogy that he made about specifically the, the Catholic Church, and he said, "Well, you know, the Catholic Church is sort of like this this uh, ocean liner where it's 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 great and it's regal. It's got a lot of history, beautiful, but there's more than one way to get across the ocean, and that's true. On the other hand, sometimes." Being an evangelical feels like you're trying to cross the ocean um, on like a raft, right? <laughs> because because you're not connected to a whole lot, depending on the church you go to. You're not connected necessarily to a lot of other churches. You're certainly not connected necessarily to a whole lot of strong tradition. Yeah, And, and that sort of situation can be very dangerous, when you get into a really volatile culture or a really antagonistic setting, because what, what's keeping you there? What's keeping you rooted? And for a lot of churches, I think the answer is nothing. What do you think about that, Matt? I'm curious, because you are constantly thinking future, future, future. What do you think about a church like Mars Hill? Let's say the stuff doesn't go down with church school. They're still going, going, going. They don't have a tradition that goes back past the early 90s. Do you think that plays a huge is I mean, that- I, I'm kind of, uh, I might be a little bit odd, but I'm I'm living in rejection of tradition. Tradition is something I've always not liked. Like, right. I like punk rock music. I grew up in a traditional mainline church and said, this is bullshit, this is stupid. And so the evangelical church and the mega church, you can call it mega, but in a way, just like Jack says, it's a life raft to some degree. It's right. a small thing. It's connected to nothing. It exists on its own. To me, that was very attractive. Yeah. And so I reject the tradition a lot because that sounds – it seems dumb. Like, why can't we think of stuff? Why can't we do stuff? And then the megachurch, well, for all you want to look at it, it's got a lot of flaws. So that puts me in the place where I'm, I'm just kind of lost. And when I look forward, I do agree, and I know a lot of people are, are jumping from evangelical mega to mainline. But I went back and tried to go to a mainline church even since Mars Hill and – it just felt like that old thing that I grew up with that I I never liked anyway. It felt so as far as tradition, weird. like communion and baptism, well, that's you know, bullshit. like people standing up and all reading the same stuff together, reading the liturgy and saying stuff. To me, like I know hip people in Seattle that had never experienced that before, right? And they're like, "Oh, this is awesome! This is really cool." I was like, "Yeah, I grew up with that." And I thought I thought that was dumb. That's how I wound up here in the first place. Yeah. So I I mean, me personally, I would say I am really confused. And I also do really like to look to the future. But the saddest thing about the megachurch thing was it's not that surprising because there's been there's people that are, are have been calling it out and pointing to that the whole time. Like, well, you know, like, you know, your church is like driven by one guy, right? And right. Like, well, no, no. I mean, you don't understand. You, you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't understand. Well, those people in right. a lot of ways were right. Right. So it's, it's it, that's pretty devastating to me personally. Um. So what what I would predict in the future is that yeah that I mean I think that will continue to happen there'll be more failures in more ways and I think the 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 model that I think I don't I really don't think that going I I don't think there's any model that exists right now that will thrive in the future yeah that, that that's what I think yeah 
Do you See, disagree I, with well, that, Jack? I, can I mention, just hop in real quick? Hop on I, in. I do disagree with what Matt's saying. I don't think, I think he sees it because he has a bias towards church tradition, but you love tradition. I mean, there's no chance you don't celebrate New Year's Eve. You don't celebrate Christmas Eve. You don't celebrate Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. That, that All those things are awesome because they're centered around something that you think is positive. Now, those, those traditions that you think you have a negative connotation towards the traditions of standing there and just reading the Bible because, because you look at them as like, oh man, this, they're not really Christians. It, they, all they care about is that they're only, they're only there right. for the tradition rather than yeah, the actual yeah, no, Holy you're Spirit. Right, you're right. I, I, I love the tradition of Clemson University. Right. Uh, uh, I love it. College now, it started I in the 1800s. I, when, and it's, all that, when, yeah. it's about, when it's the gospel and when it's the thing that's the most important, it makes me feel really funny. Right. But what I'm saying is, and I think what Jack's saying too is, I think that that will bring people back. And I mean, there's even studies showing that people are going back to mainline church just yeah. because you go, well, they've always done it this way. My guess, I can, though, I can jump in on regardless that. Regardless of that, my, it, get, my it guess is this long. that in all existing models are not the viable model for the future in the next hundred years. That's my I, guess. I agree. But at the same time, what, to, 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 just to go back to his point, what would that look like without anything than oh, just, just something new? I mean, okay, now we have an internet church or now oh. we have a robot church or a robot whatever. church that's it you got it <laughs> all right jack let me ask you one more question uh, about joey's shitty body uh you have mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you have a i think a very he's not int- a doctor <laughs> and he, or a drug dealer no, no, no. he's not going to be able to answer no, this no. go on thank you uh <laughs> so you have an interesting perspective on how the holy spirit is at work nowadays and uh, a lot of people would tell me and honestly i mean I, i'm all open to learning I've been in this camp, so to speak, as well. But a lot of people would say it is not God's will for you to suffer from depression. It is not God's will for you to have a kidney stone. We're going to pray and we're going to believe, blah, 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 all that stuff. And, hey, there's some good that comes out of that. I just can't accept it's not God's will for that bad thing to happen because I don't necessarily believe that it's always a bad thing. But what what's your general perspective on how God is at work nowadays, especially like with healing and stuff. Well, you know, so, so you and I have sort of, uh, like you say, we've talked about this a little bit. And um, I mean, just so, so just really generally, um, when, when, I was, when I was in high school, uh, there was a period in life, uh, a period there where I was really super charismatic. Like I actually started going to this other church in addition to Seacoast. Um, because you know they started doing all the you know they were doing all the stuff with snake the, handling, uh, drinking no, poison. No, not quite. But I was ho- I was hoping. I mean, <laughs> you always hope. Um, but you, you know, like you know, tongues all over the place and laying on hands and people were getting laid out and all this stuff. And and I mean, really, what I was doing in high school was chasing a high. Yeah. And um, and you know, looking back, it's really hard to know how much of that was real and how much of that wasn't. Uh, and one of the reasons it's hard is because I know that that's when my life changed. But I also know that a lot of it was me and chasing a high and trying to, you know. Uh, so so when, it, when it comes to, so how does God work in the world? Um, I, I mean, this is, you know, really informally, sort, sort of my, my sense is, you, you know, we would really expect to see God do, you know, miraculous things and really things out of the ordinary in places where the church needs to really take root where there's a lot of opposition, where the church isn't strong, where um, it's in a really precarious position. I would really expect to see 
a lot of um, a lot of moves of God, a lot of supernatural things there. So when people go on mission trips to third world countries and they come back saying, "Oh my gosh, there was unbelief," yeah, right. you'd be like, "Oh, that makes sense. The gospel yeah, hasn't right. been there yet." But you know, not necessarily so much uh, in sort of suburban America where things are honestly pretty good. Right. Um, you know, and not to say it can't happen there. Certainly not. But I, you know, you know, God does things with a purpose, and so. You, you know, when you look in Acts or you look in the New Testament, what's sort of the purpose of a lot of things he's doing there? I think a lot of it is to establish the church. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I think that, and, and again, part of this is, is just from my experience, realizing, you know, my attitude then and my motivation then, it's really easy to expect that, you know, God's going to do amazing things all the time. That's always happening. That's really what he wants. And I, I kind of recoil from that now because I realized that what I was really looking for was, you know, not just a high, but for God to make my life easier. Um, I, I was looking for him to do these things so that I didn't have to. And and, and so the more, you know, the more I, I read history and the more that I think about things, the more I would expect to see those things with the people who really, truly need them in areas where the church isn't strong, in in the areas where they can't just, Go every weekend and, and yeah. worship together. So, so you think Joey is, is screwed? <laughs> I mean, do you think God listen, gave Joey his body to be like just a, a example to all of I us? I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, but yes, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. God for what? How does it glorify <laughs> my God? Bo- my body is for God to show other people their blessings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're right. Hey, you are blessed. Look at Joey. Your body is like the trials of Job. <laughs> So, so Jack finds out that he has uh, terminal brain cancer. How do you handle that as a Christian? Do you say, nope, I stand on God's word. He said, by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not going to listen to that. Or- so, yeah, so about 15 years ago, uh, you know, my mother was actually diagnosed with uh, something called myelodysplasia, yeah. which is basically, it's, it's a blood illness. Um, it claimed the lives of Carl Sagan, Nora Ephron. And and so when, when, when she was going through that, and, and she's good now, by the way. I feel like I should probably say that now. Um, <laughs> she's not yet. Yeah, I assume she was gone. No, she's doing great. She actually came over and played with her grandson today. So Glad that was to good. Glad to hear that. Thank you. Um, Are you sure that was her? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. No, there's not what does that even mean? supernatural. Yep. It's like, don't you see grandma? I don't, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which would actually be really amazing because my son's Daddy, not talking you're yet. you're scaring me. I be, never see grandma. That'd be two miracles because he's not talking at all yet. So I don't know why I made him talk. That could be a Christian um, movie, Angels in the Backyard. <laughs> I, I think, I think, don't you see grandma? <laughs> <laughs> and why aren't there Christian horror movies, by the way? It, yeah, that's another. I agree. That's another. So, so, so when... You know, when when that was going on, it, one of the things I remember really well, and, you know, there were a lot of fantastic people, but one of the things I remember is, is I remember how many people were praying for healing for my mom, like supernatural healing, and that's good. I don't know how many people were praying for me and my brother and sister. Mm. And so, and so I... I you know, so a lot of times, from that experience, when I hear about someone who's who's sick and I know they have a family, you know, my first reaction is to pray for their kids. Mom had a bone marrow transplant, really awful stuff, um, you know, really hard road, but came through it. 
so one of the things that, that taught me is, is you know, it's not, I don't think it's wrong to pray for healing. Certainly not. But that's not necessarily what God wants to do with your life. And yeah, I, I can remember actually, so, so I was a freshman in college when all that was happening. I can remember being in one class one day where someone actually said, listen, um, it was a student, not a professor, but a student actually said, listen, I really believe that if you're sick, it's because you've sinned in your life. And I remember being so, like I've never wanted to hit someone as much as I did right then because, uh, you, you know, the idea of, of God making my mom sick or allowing her to be sick because, because he was angry at her for some reason was the most repulsive thing I could imagine. Yeah. And I think that's what pisses so many people off about um, not just Christianity but life in general is the idea that these things happen and that there's either no reason or that God doesn't care or that he's, you know, doing it to antagonize. And so, so I, I, you know, I get brain cancer. I mean, honestly, my answer is I hope I could be like my mom. Right. Because I don't remember any fantastic conversations we had. I don't remember any life-altering moments. But I don't remember her being angry. Right. That's pretty key right there. Yeah. Our friend Jack Hoy, everybody, let's give it up. All right. You got any questions you, for Jack. us, man? Do I have any? Um, well, Joe, I'm actually working on the annual report right now. Okay, so cool. So I'm going to need you to get back to me on a couple things I'm going to email you about. You got it. So that's, sorry. I so you're working to... for your dad now? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but so are you, so that's. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, thanks, guys. Looking to get a massive mix without the massive price tag? Then check out SOS Studios. They'll bring your songs to the next level at an affordable rate. Money should never stand in the way of making your music sound amazing. Whether you're looking to mix a full-length rock album or your next Electronica single, SOS Studios has experience mixing a wide range of genres. Visit their website today at www.sosstudiosmixing.com. That's www.sosstudiosmixing.com to learn more. And as a special offer for Bad Christian listeners, SOS Studios is offering 15% off of your online orders by entering the code BADCHRISTIAN during checkout. Again, check them out at SOS Studios. Mixing.com and use the code BADCHRISTIAN for 15% off. SOS Studios. Hear your songs as they were meant to be heard. All right, so uh, basically we've done the, we talked a little while, we did the music. Uh, right. We, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's, I think that's the end well, of the show. No, yeah, no, I think that's it. We, t- we had a guest. Also, hey, 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 love Joy, you guys. Joey, can you turn that off for a second? Did we, what? That was it. We the show's over. We, no, we finished the podcast. Are you on? I, I think we need one more thing. team now. Are you no, on my think, team? No, I just drank too much. I can't remember what happens next. Oh, gotcha. I think we're done, as far as I can recall. Hold on. Do you guys want to go home, or do you want one more thing? I think we're ready to go. On. If you could have any one thing right now, what Good. would you we're want? We're just gonna head on to the house. Dessert! If you could have any one thing, Charleston, South Carolina, what would you want? I need to come up with a shorter slogan. Like you guys, no, Toby. It's damn news, I thought. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Let's do it. News with Toby, everybody.
for five seconds, disease boy. Shut up. This is my damn news. In a world where you de- in a world where you dedicate a song Shut about up. another girl to your wife, my name is Toby Morell, and this is the damn news. Thank you. All right, I am hey, back now. Hey, because of all it. the help you shut gave up, me, shut up, Kenny Stone. Shut the hell up. Because of all the help you gave me Leave last me alone, night, KS. I'm gonna say this yay. is the damn news. Yay, Toby. Are you really? Yeah, I appreciate all the help you guys gave me last night. Since he's your news bitch. Oh, I'm peeing blood. Hey, right. raise your why hand was, if why? you picked up on the fact that Matt is Toby's news bitch. The news starts and Matt's just like, oh, Toby, this just, is so th- great. This I is just not, love that, this. This is not hitting hard. You got no reaction Please to that. take Did another you know Percocet that, and shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Please take this time to yeah. go outside, take a bathroom break and piss blood. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to normally do. That was blood and tissue. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> tissue. You, I mean, you were out of your mind in pain. You saw tissue in the toilet. I don't what, think. Did they you want actually me to say toilet it. tissue? <laughs> did you pee toilet tissue? It's so terrible. I don't even know. All right, let's get let's let's get into it, guys. This comes from the Huffington Post. Elementary teachers under fire after forcing poop inspections on students. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, this is real. This is about to get real. When officials at an elementary school in Gustine, Texas. Anybody from there? Okay. <laughs> Kept finding poop on the gym floor. They decided to get to the bottom of the matter. But their method of, in- but their method of investigation as parents and students raising a stink. On Monday, officials at Gustine Elementary rounded up 24 students and divided them by gender. Then the kids were ordered to pull down their pants mm-hmm. far enough so educators could see if there were any telltale fecal stains. Oh, gosh. Eliza Medina, who's 11 years old, says she was embarrassed by the poop inspection. If my son was yeah. in that school, they would always find, like, <laughs> little break marks, skid marks. Yeah. So and be yeah. like, oh, that's William. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's just, just like his dad. He's just assumed guilty. Just exactly. <laughs> spitting yeah. image of his dad. Apple fall, doesn't fall far from the tree. I felt uncomfortable, and I didn't want to do it, says Eliza Medina, 11 years old. I felt like they violated my privacy. You, you guys think that you can... If somebody's shitting on the floor, do right. you do whatever it takes to stop it? To find it? out who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do whatever it takes to stop it? Yes or no? Um, Joey, would you, I mean, what would you do if you walked down every day for one month into your kitchen and there was a large turd there? Every single day, you don't have pets. With would my you, own kids? Yeah. How would you house? sort it out in the Svensson household if no matter what, every day there was a turd in one location and everybody in your house denied it? How would you investigate that going yeah. forward? I mean, it's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, so would like, you, what would you do? Well, the next next time I saw the turd, we would do a butt check, just like the so school. You, so these you, are my kids. So you would actually yeah. do that. You you these support are my this? Kids. Then. They belong to me. But what if they did that to your kids and at so school? They said, oh no, they can't do that. But what if it was your kid just shitting everywhere? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you would you support random poop butt checks? Everybody pulls their pants down. That's you. That's In what my you... household, if if. The weird scenario that you guys are painting right now of me going downstairs every day for a turd to be on the ground. I only have four kids, man. I could figure it out. You have four kids and, and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> would you check Priscilla's? Would you make Priscilla pull down her pants? You shut your damn and mouth. And check for stains. 
<laughs> shut your damn mouth. Now, You're right. Too far. Withdrawn. Matt, what would you do? You, th- you, you, you think this is okay? Like somebody keeps crapping on the floor. Right. Do you, how do you stop it? I, You're the principal of this school. What this do you do? This is a public school? Yeah. What do you do? I'm shocked and appalled yeah. that a public school would do such a thing. Right. Honestly, I think it's probably a little bit crazy. You're the principal they, of the school. What do you do? How do you stop somebody from constantly taking a dump on the floor? Well, being the under, more underhanded way that I am, I yep. would not go directly to pulling people's pants down. <laughs> <laughs> and and it may violate other other uh, protocol, let's yeah. say. But I probably right. would install some covert surveillance. Would oh, okay. be what I would think. What I would. would be I thought you were going to say you're going to install the sniff method. The sniff method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I would put cameras everywhere, and then I w- I wouldn't go like face to face and say, "Show me your butt." Yeah, but I would put a camera where the you know where the turds reappeared, and then I would I would collect data independently like that. I would not yeah. go. I wouldn't a- approach it head on. Then. I think it's. I just thought it was funny because I was like, I mean, what person working at the school had to look and go, yeah, probably the janitor. I know. I mean, it wasn't. You know, <laughs> Do you remember the janitor like, like, at it. your elementary school? Like he would just he did. I like, just I just had to clean the poop up. Now you make me look at this kid's right. ass and let's see if there's fecal matter there. Yeah, the janitor at your elementary school is like he's really like a hero, but he's the dirtiest guy. Yeah. So whenever there's somebody vomits, they show up with the, the cart, <laughs> right? That ready to go the with the tub. vomit. Yeah. And there's always the legend of the kid who was choking on a jawbreaker, and the janitor showed up and shook him by his ankles and. You know, like the janitor's the all-purpose guy at the. He's the he's the fall guy for everything bad, but he's a hero too. So, you know, we salute you, janitors at the elementary. Do school. you remember That's any right. of your janitors' names in elementary? I remember Mr. Bright. Yeah, I definitely remember. I got what was, what was his name? Uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Y'all called him by his first name. Hey, Henry. Yep. Wow, y'all needed manners and Greer. I guess. <laughs> Good lord. All um, right, so you call your teacher Miss Johnson. That guy is he's Henry. Henry. Yeah. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> Yeah, but Henry could check your butt for fecal matter like nobody else. I promise. The dude had a skill. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. I thought this was kind of interesting. This why? is the last story. This is no, awesome. No, it's not. Uh, why Julianne Moore stopped believing in God? You know who Julianne Moore is? Yeah, the she's actress? great. Yeah. In 2009, Julianne Moore's mother, Ann Smith, died suddenly of septic shock, which we thought Joey was going to have. Right. Right? This week, I mean, that septic shock. I did sh- have it. I just survived. You lived through it. Right. Yeah. So I, she was a believer until her mother I died. I wish I wouldn't have lived through your septic shock. <laughs> I would have been so happy to have died this week. She was 68, and Moore was devastated. After that, she stopped believing in God. I learned when my mother died five years ago that there is no there there. Uh, Moore, 54, told the Hollywood Reporter, structure, it, uh, structure, it's all imposed. We impose order and a narrative on everything in order to understand it. Otherwise, there's nothing but chaos. We don't know why it happened, she explained. She went to bed, and it turned out she had a huge bacterial infection. Moore does believe in therapy, though, and, and uh, the Still Alice star told TH, THR that she started going to therapy in her early 30s because she finally... Uh, she found that she was incredibly unhappy. I was unlonely. I didn't, and I just didn't think I felt happy. And so I needed help. But so the point of this is tragedy happened in her life. And that was just like, that was it. She right. stopped believing in God completely. Yeah. Right. At 54 years. Right. Uh, after 54 years, something happened that 
didn't make sense to to her. Right. And then it's like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like she couldn't accept God because something bad happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, that. That's why I thought this was so interesting. Is that I f- it has to be the norm. That has to be the norm in the world of just people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. God. God. As long as God's good, yeah. I'm, I'm down. But, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I completely agree with Toby. I ha- this has to be the norm about society. Uh, redheads, they, they don't, they're crazy. They don't know anything. Right. They're just, it's ridiculous. So totally. anything a redhead says is discounted. That's what you got out of the story? Right. I thought that was the point of the no, story. No, it was more about God and believing. Yeah, someone, oh, I thought you were just saying that gingers are Someone may be separated from God forever. All right. Yeah, you, you lost me there. But okay. <laughs> Joey, do you see how people, like, I mean, it, it it, are Christians just telling people, hey, as long as it's good? Are, are people getting the idea that as long as this God is good, believe in him? And if he's not, don't? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think Christians want to say, okay, since God is so good, if you follow him, then your life here is going to be great as well. And then that just makes all we're doing is we're feeding into everyone looking at this world right here. And that is what's tragic because we're told specifically for our eyes not to be on this world. It does it it bothers me from a humanistic standpoint when bad things happen to people because I care about people, but it does not ever rattle my faith in God because I do believe to some degree God's like, hey, I'm with you, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna protect you from everything. My protection's gonna be hundred percent when you're with me. Right now, man, you made your bed, lie in it. Yeah. When you talk, it feels like a kidney stone to me. Really? You got anything? Yeah. No, I'm ready for the next story. Let's oh, do it. All right. You told people last night to be careful because my kidney stone may shoot out of my pants at them. <laughs> no. All right. So you, at least you toned you, it down some. You told people that you passed a kidney stone before and your wiener went. When it shot it out. You asked me if I Is that true? You asked me. Is that true? I I, I mean, we we did that on stage, but I've never heard you say that. Is that true? You passed a kidney stone before. You asked me to make the sound like three times, and I was so high that I did it. (laughs) I was so high on painkillers. Is that true? Yes. Your wieners made the sound before. Because if so, that's way more huge than just a kidney stone. Yeah, like... Uh, moving it starts on. Peeing again. <laughs> We're losing Matt here. Yeah, you been, lost me. I've, I've, well, I, I I've mean, been enjoying I Matt's face for I'm about gonna, the last I'm thirty minutes. I'm going to do some research on it, but like I, I've become plagued with the the notion if, and I mean everybody in here might want to research this. Our kidney stones contagious. Is all <laughs> yeah, I'm my God. <laughs> I pray to God. I hope not. I mean, <laughs> all right, my last one. Six reasons why you should sleep naked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody. All right, let's I don't know if the woos are for people that sleep naked or not. But okay, so uh, I'm just going to read these and what I think the order is the number one reasons. But um, so you might like your partner more. A twenty a 2014 survey by the Brits of Cotton USA. Um, it says uh, which promotes cotton products that likely include pajamas and sheets. Found that 57 percent of those who slept nude reported being happy in their relationship. Uh-huh. That was a nine percentage points more than people who wore PJs. So that's okay. pretty cool. Yep. So uh, body temperature affects sleep. A uh, 2004 study found that sleep uh, to initiate normally core body temp- 
temperature does matter. Uh, per a researcher, studies of sleep onset insomniacs show that they are consistently have a warmer core body temperature. So the hotter you are, the worse sleep you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is was this three. It could be. Uh, you want to send for, us the link for the rest of them? Sure. It could be better for your <laughs> immune system. Uh, Mike reports that when skin on skin contact occurs, our adrenal glands get a message, lighten up on the production of the stress hormone cortisol. Uh, cortisol suppresses the immune response. So you could get your, your immune system is even better. It's how our ancestors did it. Our ancestors mm-hmm. apparently slept in the nude. They keep it and, natural. Yeah. It, also, it could help prevent diabetes. It's a bit of a stretch, but adults have small amounts of brown fat, which is a.k.a. good fat. Um, Joey pees that, I think, even now, <laughs> in their bodies and 24... We got a low, sorry, that was low bar humor. <laughs> study looked at... A 2014 study looked at how bedroom temperature affected fat, and so basically, potentially even better sleep could affect that. But I thought this, too... The last one is, it's better for your lady health. So mm-hmm. this is... Yeah, for my lady health. Cosmopolitan magazine cites that advice from Dr. Jennifer Landa, who points out that an overly warm environment could spur too much yeast or bacteria to grow in the vaginal area. Mm -hmm. So basically, no matter what, always convince your wife to be nude. And she will be healthier. All right. Yep. News with Toby. News with Toby, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for that. Yep. We appreciate it very much, Toby. So the, the problem we've found so much so right. with these live episodes is we uh, we like to end these shows with a joke, with a laugh or whatever, and it doesn't always happen from the right. when you when you're doing news like this, sometimes it's so serious, so effective, so profound. It's not really laughing matter. Your wife needs to be naked all the time. Right. That's what Toby's saying. The vagina sculptures. Right. I mean, anyway, we were stunned so for what, weeks. So the problem we have is ending these episodes. We don't we don't always have a joke. So here's what we're doing. Somebody in this crowd surely knows something funny. They have a fat joke about Joey or a knock-knock joke or any anecdote that they would like to share. And we make a deal that whatever it is, even if it's terrible, in fact, it might be better if it's terrible, somebody share a joke and we'll all totally co-agree to die laughing at your joke. So if you've ever wanted to be a stand-up comedian, if you've ever been afraid to go to open mic, come share a joke right now. You're going to get a guaranteed laugh and you're going to close out the Bad Christian Podcast live here in Charleston, South Carolina. Who's got it? All right, here we go. We got our friend AJ. You got a joke for us. Here it comes. It's more of a commentary on this. Okay, short and sweet, AJ, and we're going to die laughing. Don't look at us. You got to look at the crowd. Don't look at us. Look at the crowd. Uh, Attending this podcast is like going to a strip club where you're paying to get blue balls. You're paying to be part of a conversation you can't talk in. (laughs) 